<laughs> Mike Demerges here with the gang. Green Report and Rob Carpenter. And Rob, the Jets drop to 1-3. and three. They lose 31-12 to 12 at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, for Jacksonville, they really laid it on. 23 first downs, 74 plays. Uh, after the game, I spoke to Todd Bowles and asked him, you know, did you know what was happening with the coverage? And he said this. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. Well, I think you did, Todd. You fell for a banana in the tailpipe too many times. I mean, this was not a game from a coaching perspective or a or a, an offensive perspective or a defensive back perspective as well. Um, I mean, he got thoroughly outplayed on both sides of the ball, but one thing I didn't, uh, as I'm watching the game and, and reviewing stuff, I just didn't understand how the linebackers weren't getting a drop and, and passing off crossers. Um, I mean, that's the basics of... of zone coverage if you're going to play zone and you got crossing through your through your coverage you pass them off and if you've seen something once or twice you would know you know to, to, to get a drop and it was just weird how the linebackers were actually stuck up uh just behind the line of scrimmage and balls are flying right over their head um i saw a couple of times where buster screen pointed out for a crosser and uh amy williamson and, and darren lee just kind of like let the guys just run right by him i'm uh, I was kind of dumbfounded about it, man, just like everybody else. And I, I saw visibly after the second drive that Ty Bowles was pretty upset about it as well because, uh, uh, from what I understand, he actually said this is something that they worked on all week long. They knew it was coming, and guys just didn't react. I, I, so I don't get it. So if you're a Jet fan watching this game, uh, Rob, you know they controlled the ball, and the Jets could do nothing in offense. I mean, you're talking 37 and a half minutes the Jacksonville Jaguars controlled the ball. For the Jets, only 22 uh, a little over 22 minutes, and there, there was nothing really creative on offense. On, on the ground, they couldn't run the ball to keep the heat off of Sam Darnold. They couldn't get anything right in this game. I mean, um, honestly, from, from the from the jump, I didn't expect a whole lot from the offense. I did expect the defense to keep the game a, a, a lot closer. Um, I thought the defense would play pretty well um, because Jacksonville doesn't do anything elaborate. They're, they're pretty basic offense. Um, they rely on the running game and play action pass, and uh, I just I just thought the Jets would actually be able to shut that down. It, just, it was so weird to me the way things were going on. Um, but I did I did think from from the very beginning that the Jacksonville defense was going to stifle the offense. Um, it's it's not a defense that Sam Donald has seen before. Pass rush is, is elite uh, from from Jacksonville. Their DBs are elite. Um, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I just thought the defense would keep the game a lot closer. Just, so, so what do you tell me, Rob? You, you tell me, Rob, the Jets aren't an elite team. <laughs> Is that what you're <laughs> telling me, Rob? I mean, yeah. they're one and three. It's going to get worse over the next few weeks. I mean, I could see it where they're one and six. Even with a rookie quarterback, this is not what people signed up for. Um, I mean. If you're being a realist about everything, you should have signed No, up. I don't want to be a realist. I want to be a winner. You <laughs> <laughs> should, have, should have known that this year was going to be a lot of growing pains with Sam Donald being the starter from the very beginning. Um, it's rare to see a rookie quarterback come into this league and be able to light it up. Um, you're not going to see that happen too often at all. And I, I did know that the, uh, the defense should have been playing a lot better. Um, they were playing a lot better up until this point. Um, it's just that the offense is going to struggle. They changed offensive coordinators. Uh, pretty much the whole offense staff has is, is, is changed around a bit um, to accommodate the fact that they do have a, a rookie quarterback. And um, it's just 
Is it going to be growing pains? Is this something that the fans are actually going to have to get used to for the rest of the season? And the, the schedule is not going to get too much lighter. I mean, um, you look up and down the schedule for the rest, rest of the year. I mean, you got Von Miller coming in. Uh, you got uh, the Vikings uh, on the defensive front coming in in, in a couple of weeks. So and, and, they, and they finish out the month in Chicago. They finish out the month in Chicago too. It's a exactly. take on the Bears. You know, <laughs> that, that, that defensive front is, is, is getting after people as well. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be tough for the next month. Um, just hopefully the, the one thing I do want to see is um, Sam Donald progress in the fact that he's slowing the game down. If he can do that for the next month because you have these defenses coming in, uh, and if he can slow the game down just a bit, you can see for the first few weeks, the game was just a little too fast for him. He had happy feet in the pocket. He was actually running out of the pocket when he didn't have to. He just stepped up a few times, um, and that was causing his erratic passes. You know, he's, he's trying to rush things just a little too bit. And we're he talking- locks on to a receiver now and then, and uh, that's that's not good as as well. And we're talking with Rob Carpenter with the Gang Green Report. Um, you know, you were a part of a Jets team that went from Ken O'Brien to Browning Nagel to Boomer Esiason. So, you know, put on your coaching hat here. And, you know, tell me, you know, I, I see him, like you mentioned, his happy feet. I haven't seen a progression since week one. I've seen a regression. And, and that concerns me as a Jet fan. Well, I think uh, what happened in week one was a lot of a lot of hype actually happened, and it shouldn't have. Um, the things that happened around Sam in week one just made it seem like he played a lot better than – and he did. Um, the defense got five turnovers. Defense scored a touchdown off one of those. Uh, the special teams, we got a punt return for a touchdown. Um, I mean, that enhances a lot of what the offense is, gonna, is capable of doing. When you get to work with short field, um, you get to score points. And uh, that's actually what happened in, in week one. When things actually went awry, weeks two and three, you so when you have to put a drive together, when you have a rookie quarterback, it, it, they, they're going to struggle. Um, and yes, as you said, I was part of a team that had three different quarterbacks in three different years. That's not a good situation. And that's the situation that Jets have been in the last few years. Hopefully now Sam is here. Um, he can progress throughout the season. It's going to be a lot of growing pains. Man. I, I just would hope that people understand that, the fans understand that. He's going to get better. It's just not right this moment. <laughs> I mean, he, he may have a week or two where he lights it up. You know, he, he'll, he'll throw for... 300 plus and two or three touchdowns and and um that's one of the things that you want to see here and there throughout the season just to show that he actually is understanding what's happening in front of him because it's not the same every week man you have veterans out here playing 10 12 years and some of these quarterbacks get confused every now and then with, with what's going on in front of them but if he can just slow the game down with over the next couple of weeks, I think he's actually going to be pretty good. Well, up next, you mentioned Von Miller and the Denver Broncos. Of course, they got you know that defense there. Uh, you know, and what, what I saw is 10 of 26 on the ground. I mean, if you want to help a rookie quarterback, you got to impose your will a little bit. You can't just rush it 10 times for 26 yards. Darnold was 17 and 34 for 167. They had only 10 first downs. They ran only 51 plays. Are the, are the Jets that bad on offense? Do they, do they lack the skills to, to really do anything on, on the offensive line? And, and it's and you know that you know that goes back to everything that goes back to the quarterback that goes back to the running game and the receivers. I mean, where is their biggest weakness? Is it the skill position or is it the offensive line? Uh, I don't think it's either one of them. I just think that the defenses know that there's a rookie quarterback back there and they're stacking the box. So when you stack the box, it's hard to run. 
Um, and when you have a rookie QB and he's not adjusted yet to what's in front of him, the team is going to struggle. Um, as you saw in week one, uh, when things were going correctly, the, 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 the offense was able to run the ball. Um, and I think that can be a strong point of, the, of this team. The running game can be a strong point. It's just that you have these, these defenses that are coming in and they know this is a rookie. Put pressure on them. They're going to stack the box. There's going to be eight in the box at all times uh, for, for, for the most part. They're going to dare Sam to beat them. And at this, at this point, he's not able to do that. There were two points in the game yesterday on the third and the fourth down. Uh, he had Bilal Powell. If he just lays the ball up, Bilal runs under it, that's a touchdown. Come back on fourth down. He throws to uh, Quincy. Um, he could have taken the first down. Robbie Anderson was wide open for the first down right at the marker. But he went downfield for it. If he places the ball just a little more inside, once he catches it, it's a touchdown. Those are little things that happened uh, during the game yesterday that let the game get away. But those are little things that I think he'll learn from. Um, and I'll give you a prime example. If you were watching the game Thursday night with golf, golf lit it up. One of the plays was he actually had a Cooper Cup run across the field and run a, run a, run a, a fly route. He laid the ball up so Cooper Cup can run under it. He had a linebacker on him. His beat. Laid it up, let him run under the ball. That's the point of yesterday I'm making about Bilal Powell. If he just lays the ball up instead of trying to hit him directly in stride, uh, Bilal runs under it, it's easy six points. And the game is turned you know, in a dramatic fashion right there. So um, he'll learn from it. I'm sure he will. Well, we're talking with the eternal optimist, <laughs> Rob Carpenter here on the Game Green Report. And well, you know what? You know, Goff didn't have a great rookie year, right? So there Correct. is there that's is some hope there. Mean. If you look around, most of the guys that actually were, were, were playing the, the, the last few years, uh, Trubisky didn't have a great uh, rookie year. Uh, you saw what he did yesterday. He lit it up. Golf didn't have a great rookie year. They did eventually change coaches, and it enhanced golf a lot, bringing in McVay because he is a quarterback uh, guru, uh, and he's an offensive guy. Um, that may need what uh, what needs to happen with the Jets. Maybe. Um, I mean, Starbucks fourth year, and – it just doesn't seem like uh, at the point I know the fans are getting frustrated um, because it's just, as everyone says, the same things happening over and over again. And I think he's getting frustrated with uh, the, the, the lack of progression with everything that's going on. Um, but And he may need to change. Like, I may, may need to make a change. And if you have a, a, a QB protege uh, here, guy who's supposed to be the franchise guy for the next 12 to 15 years, you may not make that change and find a, a, an offensive coach. Let me ask you this question. You know, you know, we, we live in racially intense times right now, uh, unfortunately, in the country, and let's, let's hope we, we, we can fix that because it's, it's a shame to see what, what's happened to this country. Does it make a difference, since the NFL is predominantly African-American, about 70, 75 percent, does it make a difference that their head coach is is black or white or or as long as he's good? Because a, a lot of time that's come up in conversations that today's black athlete can't relate to say a white coach. Now here's Todd Bowles, a former player, and he's a coach, and he's and he's African American, and he's not getting through to his team. So what, what's the problem here? Um, I don't think that part of race actually has anything to do with it. If, if guys are playing and, and, and a coach is good and a coach knows how to uh, relate to players, black or white, um, guys will respond. Um, I mean, that, that part is not rocket science. It, the, the, the thing is, um, I, I think most of the – what people have a problem with is, is the fact that the diversity is not there with, uh, 
with black coaches and black head coaches. Um, whether guys are good or not, uh, the guys just aren't getting the getting the opportunity to show if they can coach or not. That's the difference. Um, so, uh, I mean, if they, even if the guys actually, uh, say the Jets actually brought in a uh, head coach who was an offensive guru who was white, if the guys actually uh, uh, believe he's a good head coach, there's no, no there's no problem at all. Um, guys will respond to to, to coaches who, who they feel are looking out for them and actually have a, a good head on their shoulders and they can relate to the players. It doesn't does, matter if they're 90 years old or 30 years old. Does it make a difference if, it's a form, if, he, if he was a former player or not? Does that make a difference at all? Um, it does in a way because uh, the guys can relate to that knowing that um, the coach has actually gone through what the guys have gone through. Um, so if, if he puts that out there, uh, in the way that he he shows them, he knows what what the players have gone through. They know what he's gone through, um, and and he relates them that way. It makes a difference. And the one thing I do see is um, um, across the board, I see every player actually respond to Todd Bowles in a positive way. Um, for whatever reason, it's just not taking effect out on the field. It's not resonating. Correct. Um, I, I mean the penalties. Some of the penalties are just the fact that, you know what, the guy on the other side of the ball is just better than, than, than the Jets players. Um, you know, especially the holding calls. You get holding calls when a guy gets beat, and he just is uh, he's saying, well, I'm not going to let my quarterback take that hit. And he'll hold. Some of the defensive calls are just uh, uh, Todd Bowles actually having confidence in his guys. Especially, uh, you see all the holding calls coming mm-hmm. in man-to-man. He has confidence in his guys. He's like, look, I got confidence that you guys can do this. Um, I'm putting it on your, on your shoulders. We're going to play man to man across the board, and some of the holding calls come into play with that. Yeah, there's a big no, it's a big holding call no, right. No yeah, there's a big holding call right when they would have been inside what the, the ten yard line there, right before the half, and that could have changed the game right there. Correct. That then that was actually uh, Tomlinson holding. He got beat around the corner. He just decided, you know what, I'm not going to let my quarterback take this hit, and he grabbed the hold. I mean, it was a phenomenal play that turned it made down the field, um, but. You know, unfortunately, that's that that's been part of the, the program here for the last uh, two or three years with, with with the penalties. Do you see if they do go to one and six that midway through the season here the uh, Jets fire balls, or you think they'll let them finish out the season if they finish say four and twelve? I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think McCagnan and I don't think Chris Johnson actually would want the change during the season. I think they'll let them finish out the season, and um, if the team goes like you say four and twelve or or, or even worse. To be honest with you, there's not too many games on the schedule where I see them actually being favored to win. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Rob. That, I... that, that maybe, maybe Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, because they oh, do have man. a rookie quarterback as well. So, I mean, I mean, just being a real I, I, again, I'm being a realist, man. I wasn't expecting much from the team this year. I just was hoping that Sam actually progressed uh, week to week. And now, this would be a whole different story if McCown was a starter or Teddy Bridgewater was still here and he was a starter. I would expect a whole lot more. I would have been expecting this team to win these games that they've already played. Really? Um, yeah, I would expect these team, this, this team to be in the playoff one at the end of the season if it was McCown or Teddy Bridgewater. See, to me, you saying that, and you know more than me, obviously, or more than Joe Fan, I would have wanted them to go with Bridgewater or McCown and let Darnold sit on the bench for a year. Let him learn on the bench, maybe get some games in late in games, and give me a chance to be 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. Just something... Something to root for. I, I mean, consistently year after year, the Jets season's over before the Yankees season is over. I mean, that's, that's actually uh, that, 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 I, I that shouldn't be the this. case. I tweeted about this, Mike, back in March. Um, when they signed Teddy Bridgewater, 
I said, I hope his knee is fully healthy. Uh, and I hope that the coaching staff and, and Mike McCagnan let them battle it out in training camp because I believe Teddy will come out the starter. And this, this team, the way it was constructed at that point in time, will be a playoff contender. I truly believe that. Um, and Teddy showed me no wrong during the parts of the preseason that he was here. Um, he showed me he still was a guy who actually can, can run a team, can move the ball, and, and uh, stays out of dangerous situations uh, uh with the with with the offense, um, I still won't change my mind on that. I I believe wow. right now if Teddy Bridgewater was here, uh, this team would probably be three and one, four and zero if they if Teddy was here. And and, um, and, and not only that and though, that would give the fans that would give the fans something something to hope for, and it would actually have Sam Donald learning as the, as the season was going on. And like you said, if need be, if they ended up uh, say they ended up eighty and eight, and uh, uh, or something close to that near the end of the season, and they ended up being out of the playoff race would say two or three games to go. Throw Sam in, let him get those games in, let him get the experience under his belt, and then move on to the next year and let him be the starter for, for the, the remainder of the time he's here. But this year, I really do, and I, I'll say this till, <laughs> till my time is done, um, they did a disservice to him and, and the actual rest of the guys that are on his team by actually uh, uh, letting Terry Bridgewater go um, and not having him on McCown actually start the season. Wow, that's. Uh, I think Sam. I think Sam should have should have been on the bench and should have been learning, um, because there's really no right or wrong way to go. Uh, you want guys to actually get the get the experience, even put them in there and let them play, but you also have uh, you have views of what happens when a guy actually can sit and learn. You have a quarterback that's lighting the league up this year right now, Patrick Mahomes. He sat down. He had to watch. He's lighting it up. You can learn that way. One of the best quarterbacks in this league had to do the same thing. Aaron Rodgers, he had to sit behind Brett Favre. He had to learn. He had to sit. He had to watch. He learned. You see what a great quarterback he is. Um, and that's the old way. Happen. That That's the old way it used to be done, you know? Right. I just think that would it, it would have helped Sam. Sam is the youngest quarterback in this league. I just And, you know, he didn't have uh, a full tenure at USC. I just think he would have been better off sitting down learning for most of this year and i just think his future would have been that much brighter and not only this aspect of it you know they gave teddy away for a third round pick if they would have held on to him to the start of the season they could have got a higher pick probably with the injuries to quarterback as you see in san francisco and a, a, a lot of a lot of people have said that and, and, and uh you know it was going to happen eventually that a team was going to lose their starter and teddy showed that he could actually beat a guy during the preseason and if they would have held on to him who knows san francisco right now probably would have been Banging the door down to try to get Teddy in. <laughs> they, that yeah, they'd be they'd be barking for him right now. Right. So well, he. I mean, that hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, um, I I still feel that way about about the team and and if Teddy O'McCown was a quarterback. All right, he is Rob Carpenter with the Gang Green Report. Thank you so much, Rob. Hey, no problem, Mike.